Well, what is up all of you variants on the planet of Arrakis? Uh, this is a special episode of Geekverse Reactions where we are strictly going to focus on the brilliant, and I'm spoiling my thoughts on it already, the brilliant directed by Denis Villeneuve. Vill, Vill, I don't know how to say his name. I'm butchering it. DJ, I think your mic's muted there, but uh, we'll get that going. There you are. There you are. I think that uh, is the correct pronunciation. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, something like that. Something like yeah. that. But regardless, he directed Dune. It was great in my opinion. But before we get this going, warning, this is a spoiler discussion uh, where we're just open to say anything and, and whatever we, we want to say about the film. Uh, you tell us what you thought of this film uh, in the comments, if you're watching on YouTube or or let us know on Discord, if you're on the podcast, click the Discord link that's in the description. Come on over there, join us and, and have some fun with us. By the way, DJ, you're back. You're with me. Yeah, it's always good to be back. I mean, it just anytime we get to talk anything Geekverse, I say this every time we do Geekverse. It's just a, a good time for me personally, because I like talking about geeky things. I like talking to Caleb Keller. So why not put those together and have a podcast to go over all the geeky things that I enjoy and I know that you also enjoy. So yeah. I'm here for it and I'm ready to to talk about some sand and some <laughs> spice. Spice. Yeah, well listen, let's just first as we're having this discussion and again, spoiler discussion. DJ what I wanted to share with our listeners was how we viewed it. And maybe that way that could give our audience a clue as to maybe how our viewings or maybe how we feel the way that we feel. So I think I've advertised it already personally on YouTube. I viewed it on or in a movie theater. Uh, I went to my local AMC theater. I got it done. I was so stoked for this film that I really wanted to go on the premiere night. But I had some things pop up on that Thursday night that prevented me from going. But I ended up going Friday. I recorded my initial reaction video on YouTube. So check that out if you haven't. Um, and yeah, I, I saw it in theater loud and proud. And it was great. DJ, what about you? Well, I, I chose to see The Last Duel over Dune in the theater this past mm -hmm. weekend. And I said this on our previous episode of Geekverse Reactions. I was more looking forward to The Last Duel than Dune initially. Having seen Dune now, I still think Last Duel is better. Okay. However, Dune is such an incredible movie that its scope and what it provided on a cinematic level, even though I did not see it in a theater, I saw it at home on HBO Max, I still think that it's one of those movies that, and as I've said on previous Geekverse episodes, is going to go down in cinematic history as one of, the best movies that's that's ever been made for what it kind of does on a cinematic scope i, I guess yeah I'm trying to say no absolutely and, and i kind of agree with you i i can't say it enough i keep thinking about this film more and more and more and i keep loving it more and more and more the more that i think about it uh and what we're going to do is we're eventually going to talk about you know, the good things and, you know, some flaws that we're seeing people discuss online. And, you know, we're going to share it all here. Uh, but, you know, just non-spoiler thoughts. It sounds like we both thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it seems like it's an or it is, in my opinion, a cinematic experience that I would 
really try to persuade anybody that loves film to try to experience in some way. You know, I'm not going to be like gatekeeping and say, you got to see it in theater or you're not a true diehard. Because obviously, I mean, I'm talking to somebody that didn't see it in theater, uh, uh, but it's fun. You know, just get your Dune content, however, is appropriate, you know, because it is. Here's a news piece. We are getting getting a sequel regardless. Uh, so the job has been accomplished as far as getting Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures to see that we need a second one. Uh, so that job has been done. So just watch it however you can. Uh, but it sounds like if you're still listening, you probably have watched it because we are we are getting into some spoilers. So what I wanted to do here off the top was to discuss thoughts from others on Dune before we go more so into our thoughts. And the first thing that I want to discuss with Dune is it's Rotten Tomatoes scores currently that's something that i always like to discuss because generally that's where the audience goes to see how people are feeling about the film uh and currently on rotten tomatoes the critic score is an 84 percent and more importantly because this this is what it's all about the audience score is a 91 percent dj when you hear these numbers what do you think i they're accurate i mean they, they just they're just accurate you know for me i, I don't I said this when we did Geekverse with our new stuff, just um, our last episode. However, for me, I, I just, when I look at these scores, I think this makes sense. I can see where critics would think, okay, 84%. And I can see where audience would say 91%. Because when I think about my, me and my opinion of it, I'm right there kind of in between those numbers. I would give it like a solid 87, 88, somewhere right in, right in that range. And so okay. for me, I think that's a, a very acceptable score, both critically and uh, audience-wise. Mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah. You know what? If we're, if we're giving scores right now, okay, I'm gonna I'm give 12. it an A. I'm gonna give it an A. Let's go 94 percent from me. Wow, 94. I love it that much. You're showing I love it that some much. Of your uh, teacher grading expertise, <laughs> I feel like that is absolutely <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things. I, I know it's for the beholder to to kind of give their own grading mm -hmm. but i think maybe this is one of those movies i need to revisit more and more mm -hmm. it's like just last night my wife and i watched black widow on disney plus and i hadn't seen it since i was in the theater and i told her i was like this is one of those movies i think i like more and more as i watch it yeah and i, I think dune might become one of those movies where like right now i'm sitting at like an 87 88 i may mm -hmm. be like at a 99 in like two years Who knows? <laughs> there you go you know? there you go well, DJ, somebody else that's kind of important outside of critics and outside of audience members kind of discussed recently about Dune. Who is that individual and what did they have to say? Little guy, you may have heard of him. His name is Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, the, the one and only. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Nolan. I mean, he's one of the greatest filmmakers of our time. I yes, mean, he is. And if in, in a lot of ways, maybe the best, but. I don't want to oversell the guy. What what am I, you know, what am I trying to do here? But anyway, <laughs> he sat down with the director of Dune, Denis Villeneuve, and come to find out, uh, I, I wasn't aware of this, but uh, apparently they are both members of a director's guild. Um, and they have a this director's guild who I'm actually blanking on the name of this director's guild at the moment. But uh, they have their own podcast called The Director's Cut. And I've never heard of The Director's Cut. And now that I know about it, I will be checking in on it on a regular basis because I love to know about film stuff. Sidebar, another podcast you should check in on on a regular basis is none other, none other than Mando Talk. 
Absolutely. So, and slash Geekverse reactions. However, all that to say, these two directors, these masters of filmmaking, sat down together. And here's kind of the official synopsis of this uh, podcast episode from the director's cut. It, director Denis Villeneuve discusses his new film, Dune, with fellow director Christopher Nolan in a Q&A at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, an adaptation of Frank Herbert's groundbreaking science fiction novel, the film follows the son of a noble family who is entrusted with the protection of the most valuable S asset and vital element in the galaxy. If you've seen the movie or read the book, you now know that as something called Spice. So yep. um, in this podcast, Christopher Nolan, he actually said these thoughts, and I, I want to share these off the top before we kind of discuss any any further. He said, it is one of the most seamless marriages of live-action photography and computer-generated effects that he has ever seen, goes on to say, it is a real gift. Now, big words from a master, like I said, a master of filmmaking, mm -hmm. uh, Christopher Nolan. And I'm not just saying that as a Batman fan. I'm saying that as a fan of The Prestige and Interstellar. You know, I'm saying that as a person who has seen a handful of his films, he's an incredible filmmaker. And so the fact that he's giving any, these perspectives, I think, lends so much to the weight and gravitas, if you will, of Dune as a full-fledged film. Caleb, do you have anything you'd like to say on his thoughts just from that one sentence, that one little clip? No, I, other than I absolutely love to hear it. Um, and I have to respect his opinion because of the things that you just listed and the, the films that he's worked on, the things that he's done, how respected he is in the industry. He knows what he's talking about more than I know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to defer to Christopher Nolan, sure. even though, you know, I've already voiced before. I think this film is absolutely beautiful and um, incredible to see. So Christopher Nolan, uh, other than just saying you're awesome, I agree with you, sir. <laughs> Man, I, I agree with him, too. And. I know that I just waxed eloquently about my opinion of Christopher Nolan, but I can't speak enough about how much I respect this guy as a filmmaker. And for him to say these things to Denis Villeneuve, it's just like, he's right. You know, he just yeah. is right. And there's no denying what Christopher Nolan has said. And there's no denying the proof that is in the pudding, if you will, um, that is Dune. You know, I, yeah. It's kind of hard to say anything better about that movie, mm. in my opinion. There's, I mean, we're going to say more about the movie, obviously. Obviously. But, <laughs> but because, like, we're just getting into it, I, I mm. don't, I don't want to just jump ahead just yet because I just, it's such, it is a masterpiece of filmmaking. It, it yeah. is, and to say it isn't is just not intelligent i'm sorry like maybe <laughs> i'm being very opinionated on that but it is a sure, master sure. it is a master uh piece of, of film yeah I, I think if you're somebody that appreciates filmmaking you'll love dune if you're if you're somebody that just wants to see bang smash crash and all those different things it, pew, it, pew. i could pew pew there you go i could see why maybe dune isn't for you um but yeah, we'll get to more. We'll get to that a little bit more later too. Whenever we get to maybe you know some of the good, some of the bad that we could potentially see uh, people taking from Dune. But real quickly before we get dive deeper into the story, into the film, box office numbers. That's always important. Uh, how well did this 
Dune film perform over the weekend. Well, obviously, keep in mind that it, it is available on HBO Max at the same time. And with that said, the domestic weekend pulled in a $41 million number. In my opinion, and I'm not somebody that studies box office numbers, but in my opinion, that number is very impressive with the fact that it's on HBO Max at the same time. I feel like if it hadn't been on HBO Max at the same time, I've I said it off air, I'll stick to it. I think this movie would have made more money than Venom made or Venom Let There Be Carnage made in its opening weekend because the word of mouth has been so good. Everybody is, for the most part, most people are saying nothing but good and maybe even great things about this movie. So, and word of mouth is always one of the best things about, or one of the most beneficial things to help the box office numbers climb. But just real quickly, so 41 million domestically over the weekend here in the States, but internationally, which by the way, it's been out internationally since last month, as early as September 15th in France, uh, it has made 182 million internationally. So currently to this date, Approximately, Dune has made $223 million in the box office, which again, I think HBO, it being on HBO Max hurt that number in a big way, if I'm being completely honest in my own opinion. But still, I think it, this is nothing but positives. And I'm sure, I think I even saw a statistic. I don't know how accurate it is, but I think I, I read something, a tweet here. So, you know, give or take, it might be right, might be wrong said something about like 1.9 million views on HBO Max and that bested Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. So in my opinion, that tells me this is absolutely successful. DJ, what do you think of these numbers and what do you think of the HBO HBO Max? um, Positives, negatives, what do you think? No, I I don't think that there's anything negative to look at at all with these numbers in fact i was trying to go back and figure out how much venom made in its opening weekend by looking at previous mm. show notes but i want to say it was 90 i feel like it was 92 i, I 90 as well i should say i wasn't 100 sure if it was 90 or not so i was going to try to verify that but a 90 is the number i remember mm. and then hearing that it's got 1.9 million you know <clears throat> views at home by mm-hmm. people me being one of them you also <laughs> Uh, having watched yeah. it your second time around. So, you know, just let me do some quick calculating really quick. If you think I, okay. I paid like 12 bucks for my ticket because convenience fees and sure. blah, blah, blah. That ain't sure, you sure. Do. You'd multiply that by what? 1.9 million. Is that what mm-hmm. it was? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's 20, almost 23 million more dollars. So yep. when you add that to the 41 million, you know, yeah. you're, you're at 63 million. And, you know, you, you got to you got to consider too, people, you know, for for example, me and, and my brother, Jacob, yeah. for Zack Snyder's Justice League, I had him come over to watch right. that with me. Right. People all over that watched it on HBO Max were probably like, hey, come on over. Let's watch Dune together. So you could probably yeah. give yourself you could probably add another 12 to that number, honestly, because, you know, for me, you know, yeah. Maddie, my spouse. So that's another twelve dollars. Jacob, that's another twelve dollars. Sure. So. I think that just like you just said there, I think that verifies my personal take of, I think it could have beat let there be carnage if it had been theatrical exclusive. That's a good call because I know my dad and brothers watched it together and Mm. granted my brothers would qualify for the child ticket at a movie. You know, you still, you still got to, you know, factor those kinds of things in, you know, you want to say, okay, yeah, these, these are, (laughs) 
these are this is like something that HBO or not HBO but Warner Brothers. I don't think they missed out on the opportunity for mm-hmm. more because they're still getting that revenue. Mm-hmm. But it's still one of those like, yeah, these numbers didn't. It wasn't like hurt by it because I I can't scroll more than you know seven or eight tweets down right. before I see something about Dune. Yeah, and it, and maybe that's just because I am the niche audience, you know. There, sure. but at the same time, I've had conversations about Dune since having watched it, and I only watched it less. I mean, not even. Well, I guess it's been twenty four hours at this point, but not even mm-hmm. whole, a whole two days has gone by, and I've. I've already had multiple conversations about the movie with multiple people. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's one of those where there's people talking about it. And I remember a few weeks back, I even said, I think Dune has the potential to be like the next Avatar. Yeah, you did say that. And I'm not saying it's going to have this cultural, like, let's put a ride at Disney World type of situation. Right. But, and there's no way at this point, like I was very, I was way off when I said that a few weeks ago. But I will say that this is the perfect indicator as to what people are saying about it. Mm-hmm. And if this movie had existed without the help of the internet, I mm-hmm. think it would go down in history as a cult classic. Mm. So I think we are in a weird place where we're seeing a cult classic actually become a classic, mm. which doesn't happen a whole lot, if ever. Right. You know, I mean, you would. there's a lot of good cult classic movies out there. The first one that comes to mind is The Princess Bride. You know, mm. people people love that film, and it wasn't recognized in its time, and it is now. So I think that if we didn't have the internet, Dune would be kind of seeing that take place instead. Yeah. Which, again, all that lends back to the number of people who are watching it right now because, like mm-hmm. you said, word of mouth. Right. That's Initially, I was like, Dune, what is this? Oh, it's a Star Wars knockoff. Actually, no, Star Wars is technically a knockoff of Dune. Right. Lest we forget. And now – now I'm like, okay, let's let's kind of check out the elements of this. As a Star Wars fan, I was being kind of uh, a little nitpicky, if I'm being mm. honest. But at the same time, all that plays back into these numbers, and I think that that tells us a lot about what Warner Brothers was initially expecting and where it's going from here on out, especially with its sequel. Mm-hmm. And I Absolutely. don't know, I don't know if it's going to be a two parter, or I mean, a, a more than a two parter. Yeah, I know. I want to say the director has discussed it being a three-parter if I'm being honest, but we'll see. Um, okay. I know people that have read the novel can probably speak to that a little bit better than I can yeah. because I want to say somebody told me that the, this part one was about half of the novel, but we've seen before another half of, of the novel could probably be broken into two, especially because I'm assuming the action gets really big. So I'm, I could assume that it could easily be broken into to two additional more films to where we have a trilogy, but who knows? I, I'm kind of over the let's take one book and put it into three movies. Good mm-hmm. example, the Hobbit trilogy. I knew you were going with that one. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's the easiest one. And I think from people I've talked to, you know, being a moderator for a Facebook group that has over 11,000 people in it, you hear a lot of opinions about the Hobbit. Yeah. And when you hear those opinions, they kind of most of the time boil down to, it should have been two movies, not three. Mm-hmm. And right. I think Dune needs to learn that lesson now. Mm. Okay. Because it, it isn't coming out for like two years. Well, no, since they didn't green. Typically, they would green light it and they would already be in production right now. But they right. just now Today. gave it the okay 
to where it's going to be a minute before it goes in production. So I don't know if we'll see it two, three years. Who knows? Who knows? It needs to just be two films. I'm going to leave it at that as far as what I expect sequel wise. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's do this. Let's get into some actual spoilers now. Uh, So those are some just general thoughts from other people, uh, some non-quick spoiler things. But let's actually get into some some spoilers. We got some cinematography things we're going to say, story, acting, potential flaws, thoughts on the villains, all those good things. Uh, So, again, final warning, if you haven't seen Dune, we're getting into spoilers. Well, with the cinematography aspect of it, there isn't really spoilers, per se, other than it's just remarkably shot. I can't get over it. I've said it before. I think we're going to get, hopefully, fingers crossed, that this film gets some Oscar recognition with how well this thing is is shot, and I fully expect that to happen. So I've already kind of given my piece as far as the way it looks on my initial reaction video. So I'm going to defer to DJ to start off this conversation and share what he thought of the cinematography and the way this film looked. It is one of the most immersive movies I've ever seen. Um, I don't think I could say that enough because... You know, the moment it begins, you are kind of sucked into this new reality. Yes. And it's not a reality I was immediately familiar with. Like, it had Mm -hmm. elements of certain stories that, like, this feels like Star Wars, or this feels like Star Trek, or this kind of feels like Lord of the Rings. And Mm -hmm. randomly, Guardians of the Galaxy, because Dave Bautista's (laughs) there. So, like... (laughs) When you're when you're watching what's happening just from like a landscape type mm-hmm. of situation where there's big, you know, weird, blocky looking spaceships and firefly looking spaceships over Dude. the top of sand. I mean, it's no wonder this movie is getting praise from the likes of Christopher Nolan and others, because mm-hmm. these are people who know the work that goes into it. And we just kind of get to sit back and go. That looks cool. They're like, no, you don't realize how cool this actually is. Right. And I think that's the best thing to say about the cinematography that when you're looking at it, you really do feel like, and this is where like, I now kind of get where people, certain directors are saying comic book movies, Marvel movies, et cetera, are not art. Mm. I I see what they're saying because their mind's eye then put on screen the way movies like the prestige or the dark knight or uh dune you know these kinds of movies i'm now staying like obviously dark knight that's a comic book movie but i, I go with the prestige because the prestige from a story and that's it's kind of different but story-wise it's an incredible movie um cinematically speaking this this movie dune the closest movie i could think of cinematically that kind of fits the scope is actually the hateful eight from quentin tarantino hmm. um have you seen the hateful eight i have not it's a great i love quentin tarantino's films i don't broadcast that a lot but i think he's a master masterful uh filmmaker a little weird that's putting it lightly mm-hmm. but at the same time he knows how to make a movie and the hateful eight is one of those movies that when you look at what it is broadwise cinema cinematography wise it just it blows certain moves out of the water dune now takes that a step further and puts it in a place where you're just kind of like this is possible yeah like i believed 
that this was a real place. Mm. And Oh, no doubt. And I'm nearing 30 when your imagination is supposed to not be so vibrant. Right, you know, right. And, to be. and that's something, too, that I mentioned in my reaction. Like, I got lost. I didn't know where I was. I thought I was there. I thought I was on Arrakis. I thought I was with Paul. I thought I was with Duncan. I, I thought I was doing all of the things that, that were happening, that was happening on the screen. Yeah. And, and it's rare that that happens for me. Like, Lord of the Rings is one that that happens with me. Star Wars, just because of my emotional connection with with that story, it happens with me. But outside of those two, I don't know if I've ever experienced something like that before, especially wow. at this age. Because um, when Lord of the Rings was coming out, I, I wasn't old enough to understand sure. like film to where yeah. I do now. At this age, this is the most engaged or blown away wow. that I've been by the way something looks. That's high praise. Yeah. That's that's how much this film mean, means to me, honestly. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm hearing about a religious experience. That's what I feel <laughs> like I'm hearing about. Because, no, and I get it, though. Like, I've come away from movies. I mean, I look, I am the definition of a cinephile. I, mm -hmm. For me, I even told, we, we talked about this at lunch today, me and my dad. We, I get lunch with him and my cousin every Tuesday. And we sat and talked about not just Dune, but a lot of, you know, talk about TV and movies, talk about TV and movies a lot. Sure. But I told them, I was like, I've, I've never seen a bad movie. Mm. And that's because, well, I, I, that, that's not true. I've definitely seen bad movies. But, like, sure. I watch every movie from this incredibly weird tunnel vision type of objectivity mm -hmm. where, like, I just put myself in that world and try to, like, really, I'm, like, really good at doing the tunnel vision thing with, with certain films. This was one of those movies that I'm actually, in, in one sense, kind of glad I didn't see it in the movie uh, theater initially because my tunnel vision would have had to, like, I would have had to actually walk outside, I feel like, and look up at the freaking sun and be like, okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm on Earth. This is, this is the world I'm in. Yeah. You know, I'm not actually on Arrakis. I'm not in the world of Dune. So right. to that extent, I, I think that just further proves the point I think we're both trying to make about the cinematography. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Don't don't get this statement wrong. I, I love I'm we're so blessed here on Earth, by the way, like the, the creation <laughs> that we're around is incredible. Yes. But I walked out of the theater and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not there anymore. I'm, just I'm back. Tennessee. <laughs> I'm just in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, man. So well, that I, just speaks volumes to, yeah. to the way this thing looked and, and well, how it, it captured me. And the same thing for me. I, I was at home. So the first thing I did after I finished Dune was I took the trash out. <laughs> so like imagine going from it's only the beginning to oh, my trash can's full <laughs> Walk out, and i live in an apartment so i gotta go down three flights of stairs oh that's funny go to the dumpster so i'm just like yeah I w why can't i be like flying a spaceship with paul right now i would sure. rather be doing that so yeah anyway, yeah yeah i'm with all you. right well look let's now so that's the cinematography obviously high praise from us big time let's big get time. into the story so I think this is maybe where some flaws come in from other people. I think some people weren't okay with it just being, because essentially this first movie, part one, is about Paul's growth and him realizing what his next path is going to be. And I feel like some people that from what I've seen online didn't really feel like we had a third act in this film. 
it all just kind of blended together and it became just a essentially just a setup for something bigger and better in part two. But for me personally, whenever it's character driven like that, that's when I am the most happy. Again, I don't need the flashiness. I don't need the the fights, the not okay connection to Star Wars. I don't always need lightsabers in every film. Uh, I just need good character driven moments. And Dune executes that so well with Paul and his growth from not really knowing what his path is, not knowing what's going on with these dreams that he's having to now here at the end of the film, he knows what his purpose is to an extent. I don't think he fully knows yet, but he knows what his purpose is next in this adventure. And for, for me, that story works and it's absolutely beautiful. DJ, what do you have to say about the story? You mentioned people saying the story was weak because of him discovering who he is and his mm -hmm. purpose. Mm -hmm. That is not a weak point. Absolutely. <laughs> and anybody who would, I, I'm saying this to anybody listening or watching, if that's your reason for not liking this film, I'm sorry, you don't know how <laughs> movies are made. You don't know how movies are written. Well, and I just think, I think it's just people not getting that massive part three of a film act where it's just, Massive. I don't know how to say it except well, so massive, like big so, time. They knew Denis Villeneuve and producers and, and actors, they all knew that this was 100% getting a sequel. Yes. Yeah. And they all went into this movie seeing the script, seeing what's on, on film, seeing what the director's choices are, the wardrobe, all everything, the sets, mm -hmm. everything they're seeing. They look at this and say, I am convinced that this is getting a part two. Mm -hmm. Even if their character didn't necessarily make it to part two, they know they're a part of something greater. And that's, yeah. that's, that's part of storytelling. Let that character build up so that when the war does happen, mm -hmm. it'll be fought in a way and it'll be shown to us in a way that we'll respect more. It's like I said, I feel like this is a movie that I'm going to love more and more as time goes on. And it's, it has everything to do. Not, I mean, I talked about the cinematography for like what felt like an hour, but it's only, it was only like not just a few minutes. I, the story is what makes me want to return to this. Well, story. Why, yeah. why do I want to watch this movie again? Why do I actually now want to go pay $12 in a movie theater to go see this movie? Cause I loved it so much at home, which is, mm -hmm never the case no one ever says that yeah you know i mean i've never heard anybody say i love this movie so much at home i don't watch the movie theater like star wars jaws et maybe like those classic films people may say i want to see that in the theater you know gone with the wind all these other kind of movies but to to say that about this movie that's only been out for like a weekend and, and some change i think that says a lot about the story for me this story drove it drove the bus. I mean, I don't even know how else to put it. I'm in the caboose of the train, you know, <laughs> and it's over here just mowing on ahead. And somehow Warner Brothers is having to figure out how to lay the track down in front of the train because it's just flying. Right. I, and that's that's what this movie did. And that's just on its story. You know, yeah, I will say this about the story. And because we know that George Lucas pulled a little bit from this movie to make Star Wars, I find it interesting from a biblical standpoint that Paul is the name of our hero 
and then mm-hmm. Luke is the name of the hero in Star Wars because yeah. I mean, if you know your Bible, Paul and Luke are buds, like they're they're friends. So like the fact that you see this last little, I'm seeing that as a pastor, sure, and as a Christian. So I'm like, oh, that's fun. But at the same time, I'm thinking, wow, okay, you know, story wise, there's a lot of little elements that go into you know, something that we both love so much here at Mando Talk and, and Geek Versus is Star Wars. And so mm-hmm. for me, it, it's so cool to watch these things kind of jump into this melting pot and boil down into what has become this film, um, Dune. Even now, yeah. I kind of want to go back and rewatch the original because I know the original was not good, but I still want to see the groundwork before it. Right. No, I agree. So I agree. All that to say the story, just come on. I I could now I need to go. I might stay up late tonight and rewatch this movie. (laughs) I know. I know. I really want to. Um, Something else that kind of. Push the story to the next level. I'm somebody that always loves the the father son dynamic in a film and none other than Oscar Isaac, our boy from Star Wars and and many other things uh, portrayed Paul's father and his name was Leto, and uh, it was great. I We talked about it off air. There's that one line that's in a trailer yeah. uh, where he's something something like, you know, if you don't become House of Atreides, you'll always still be the most important thing, most and that's important. my son. Most like, important thing, yeah. Good gracious, man. Like, that line, I don't know why, but that hits me so hard. might just yeah. be because, you know, I've always been so appreciative and thankful for my relationship that I have with my father, and so I always love whenever cinema – uh, sports or, or wherever you see it in pop culture yeah. i always love a good father son bonding because i think that's important uh for for people to see um but anyway oscar yeah. isaac as as paul's dad uh, paul's father great part of the story what did you think of oscar isaac's acting and, and his addition to this story for dune i don't want to say too much for sake of time but i agree with you on the father son camaraderie with a film that's why last crusade is my favorite indiana jones film Mm. Um, and i have a very tight-knit bond with my dad and have for my whole life and i intend to continue that bond with him so hearing that i was like wow like i know i've heard words similar to that from my dad and so like i know that timothy chalamet and oscar isaac aren't actually father and son but in that (laughs) moment i like believed it and mm-hmm. that goes back to what you said earlier about really believing in this story. Um, as far as his acting goes, I I could have watched this guy act in this character for the entirety of the movie. And if it was a one-man story, yeah, I could have watched that. I How'd mean, you feel? How'd you feel whenever he met his met his end? It was I wasn't like so invested that it like killed me, you mm-hmm. know, no pun intended, but it was so surprising, but in the right way. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't want to see somebody commit self-sacrifice necessarily. And I mean, you guys know if you're listening and watching, this is a spoiler reaction. So, you know, sure. I'm yeah. not really pulling any punches here, <laughs> but watching him do the self-sacrifice thing in the way that he did, I was like, I thought it was a bold story move. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, man, Oscar Isaac is not a, He's not a small name. No. I mean, no. he's he's A-list. He yeah. He really is. And so, and I'm not just saying as a Star Wars fan, he's A-list. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's currently working on Moon Knight. So, I mean, you don't just pull in people at random. 
if you right. don't expect them to be aliens. And so, yeah. especially for that kind of a movie. Man, speaking of that death scene, we're talking about acting here. Stellan Skarsgård, man, oh as gosh, Vladimir Harkonnen. Oh, my goodness. I was Like, you're talking, in my opinion, you're talking intimidation of you're, you're getting close. Yeah. Not to it. You're getting close to Emperor Palpatine vibes for me personally. Well, like, he Jabba, crushed it. Crushed it. Jabba the Hutt vibes. Oh, okay. I, I like it. I see and, it. And it's just because he's kind of, well, he's he's large and he's uh, in charge. I yeah. mean, it just, you look at a guy like that, it's it's hard for me not to see that connection. Plus, he he's not the emperor. We got to remember. Right, he, right, right. Yeah. He refers to the emperor. So, really, what we have here is if to draw the Star Wars parallel, this may be more of a Mando talk special than a Geekverse special. <laughs> it might be we're connecting but, this more to star wars than yeah, first man but that's fine a, though that's fine i don't mind and i don't think our listeners <laughs> will mind either but at the same time in the, in the case of a parallels and for parallels sake uh-huh. um scars guards character whose name i cannot remember at, off the top of my head just refer to him as harkonnen okay so, vladimir is his first name okay, so we got uh the harkonnen leader he to me is more of a grand moff tarkin Ooh, and then, okay and then um, you're right you're right but then you've got bautista being kind of the darth vader and yeah and i and i don't i don't see those elements being like totally ripped from dune and thrown into star wars exactly mm-hmm. but the one thing that is 100 a parallel is the faceless emperor mm-hmm. yes you look at a new hope yes. as it is an empire always constitutes an emperor mm-hmm. so even when you watch a new hope the empire Who's the emperor? Should be right. a question we ask, even though I never did when I was a kid. Right. Um, all that to say, that I think that in the second part, maybe we'll see uh, yes. an emperor. You know, I mean, I would like that. And to see the connection. So you take Skarsgård's Harkonnen and you throw in Bautista's villain there. Mm-hmm. Mix it all up and you get this really cool story of just villains. And really, we know this. Your, your story is often only as good as your villain. Mm-hmm. And he was just enough of a threat to me yeah, because of the power his character possesses that I was actually afraid for our characters, our heroes. Mm. And that's what yeah. you wanted a villain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing, too, that I – because I did some reading after I viewed Dune. Um, I don't think Bautista's character – and I'm blanking on his name. I'm blanking on who he, he plays, what his name is. I'll go pull it up. It's his nephew. It's the main lead, or it's Vladimir Harkonnen's nephew. He yeah. is not his preferred nephew. Apparently, there's another one that was that's in the book that wasn't in this film. And that's why they kind of butt heads a little bit here and there. Or it's hinted at that they butt heads a little bit uh, in the film because he's not the one that, that he really wants to take his, his position in the, yeah. in the house Harkonnen. Uh, once he passes so maybe that'll be an interesting dynamic to potentially see in a sequel if they go down that route but they don't have to stick to that if they feel like dave bautista should just carry that role since you know they've already kind of set that up they could do that but i'm sure that would upset some novel readers well we all know that you have to adapt and and do things with the novel and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes i mean the famous one from lord of the rings is not having tom bombadil in in the fellowship of the ring and yeah for the sake of time, it was a good call, but and that a lot of people who are diehard Tolkien fans would disagree with me on that. 
However, I did figure out his name. Uh, Dave Bautista's character is Beast Raben or Raybon, R-A-B-B-A-N. Okay, okay. And and his last name is Harkonnen. So you, you got – you're right. I mean, like, I want to see – actually, you say that there's this other nephew. Nephew. That's, yeah, that's preferred. I want to see that person. Yeah, that'd be cool. And uh, if they decide to just kind of roll that character into what Bautista's bringing to the table, that's mm-hmm. fine. I get it. But I would love to see the other character. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any other big-time acting performances that you think of that you want to mention? Yes. Uh, okay. First of all, we have the mom, played by uh, Rebecca mm. Ferguson, playing Lady Jessica, a trade. Yes. She... I was kind of like over her character in the first bit of the movie, probably the mm. first half. And then when it was just her and Paul off mm-hmm. on their adventure, I was like, mother, son on an adventure? Heck yeah. You don't yeah. get that a lot. And so I was vested at that point. And basically her being from an order of weird sorceresses that yeah. you know, have prophecies and whatnot, that was intriguing. You know, yes, I it was. Ex- I kept expecting the word witch to be thrown out there. I don't think I ever heard the word witch in the movie i could be wrong about that but i can't remember i can't recall yeah but she kind of struck me as like you know a witch in a way and i I thought that was really really fun i loved her character and of course you can't talk about doing without talking about paul no so i think chalamet knocked it out of the park yes he did and in the weirdest way possible i roasted willy wonka a while back on i think on both geekverse and on twitter Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is dumb. Like, <laughs> this is terrible. But, like, I'm watching him play Paul, and I'm like, okay, I need to rethink this whole Willy Wonka situation, which mm-hmm. is not a, a sentence I thought I would say today when I woke up. Yeah. So, having said that, I, I could go on and on about talking about their, their acting performances. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave it at this. I think they were incredible. I'm really glad that Paul and Lady Jessica are making it into the, the sequel. Mm-hmm. And I think that – um because of a final shot at the end of this first half of Dune, that Lady Jessica may end up being some kind of a villain hmm. in part two. Although I, I don't. Why do you book, think that? Just there's this one little moment where we see them kind of walking off into the desert at the end of like that last shot. Camera pans on Lady Jessica for just like a brief moment, and her demeanor just changes. I mean, it's like hmm. interesting. Um, I think it was just a tell is all it was. One thing that's making me think, again, as somebody that hasn't read the novel, is is the child that she is bearing right now going to affect Paul, essentially being the the chosen one is essentially what he is in the Dune franchise. Like, is is this going to create some form of clash as far as her preference uh, of who carries on and and becomes the, the, the chosen one, essentially? I don't know. That's just one thing that I've been thinking about is, is obviously that's going to impact the story in some form. I just don't know quite yet how it's going to impact it, but that's something to look forward to in the sequels. One thing I did want to mention though, as far as acting goes, Jason Momoa, uh, Duncan Idaho crushed it. In my opinion, sometimes he stole the scene and I think he recently was uh, quoted saying something about how he felt like he was untalented around this cast as they were shooting this film. But in my opinion, you know, sometimes he stole the show. He is phenomenal. I hate that his character 
came to his end. Maybe we'll get him back in a sequel with yeah. with a flashback, or maybe Paul has dreams about him or something. That would be really cool because he did a great job, and uh, I hated to see his character come to an end. But was it was like, it was a natural conclusion for his character. He was so Han Solo to me. Yeah. Like, but like, if Han Solo was on like steroids, mm-hmm. like that man, and and not implying Jason Momoa is on steroids, I'm just saying, <laughs> like watching Jason Momoa do his thing in an element I've not seen him in, because really I only know Momoa from Aquaman, if I'm being totally honest. Uh huh. Um. So Game watching, of Thrones. <laughs> well, that's for you. In the one episode of Game of Thrones I watched, he's in it, and the whole time I was like, "Can you talk?" please like I didn't, he never <laughs> spoke so i was like why are you talking oh That's anyway the character growth man yeah, whatever whatever we'll get to that another day but um <laughs> you're right about that you're not wrong you're not wrong i'm just kind of eh. but yeah. all that to say yes agree with you 100 on momoa that dude i do not want to sword fight him i'll just leave it at that i think i would lose like in like oh definitely seconds. less than a second i'm dead <laughs> definitely um one other final mention as far as acting Josh Brolin's gurney. Oh my Great. gosh, he was awesome too. Um, he did not. We did not visually see him die. I think he's coming back. I think he is too. He was great. Loved him every every single every single uh, might, scene that he was he in. Might be like an Obi Wan Kenobi kind of mm. in a way. I like it potentially, potentially. Or, or Gandalf the White. Yeah. Well, the acting from top to bottom for this film was phenomenal. Yes. Uh, couldn't ask for more. Potential flaws is the next thing that we have to discuss. And I'll go ahead and kickstart this with one thing that has bothered me. And that was the lack of use of Zendaya. I don't. Okay. I don't think that the marketing lined up with how much we actually got of her. I mean, they used her like crazy uh, in marketing and promoting. And obviously she's a household name. Yeah. Extremely talented. So why would you not? But clearly, her story is more so in part two, definitely. But I think that is a potential flaw that people have mentioned going into part one. They thought they were going to get a lot of Zendaya. And there's a massive Zendaya fan base. Like, oh Zendaya has her own fan base of, of her own. So pe- some people went to see that film. I was talking to, to about Dune with some of my students. Keep in mind, these students are, are 14, 15. They don't yeah. know anything about filmmaking and all this stuff no, they but they don't. know about zendaya because i mentioned that i was going to see dune and they said oh that's that's the new movie that zendaya's in had to come back to him and say yeah, zendaya ain't in it a lot so yeah. don't yeah, go yeah, to yeah. see it for zendaya so that's one flaw i i do feel like could be out there um that i just wanted to mention i, I think zendaya could have been in it more but for me story is more important i think her story's going to be there for a part two DJ, what do you think of that? And do you have any other flaws? Yeah, I think that the that's accurate. I think 100% her character is in, you know, the next half. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, aside, that aside, my number one flaw for this, and this may be personal more than um, anything else, my biggest flaw is I keep comparing this thing to Star Wars. Mm. Um. And that that isn't really that hard to say. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. I've made the Star Wars connection a number of times, you know, too many to count at this point tonight. And, you know, it's hard to say 
anything else flaw wise about this i would say the pacing maybe yeah that was something i was going to ask you about was speed how you felt about the speed it was slow but you know it wasn't it wasn't terrible because when you kind of take a step back and think about what they're doing with the story the speed and, and what it takes makes sense um so you know that's kind of really it i mean as far as a comparison and and the speed of the, of the overall storytelling that's kind of it i guess yeah. as far as i could had to say anything on it okay no i'm the same way and and i acknowledge those flaws like i said i'm the one that brought up the zendaya thing and and i acknowledge the flaw of pe- that some people are mentioning that it, it's too slow for them yeah it doesn't bother me in the slightest though personally neither that zendaya is no. in it a lot or that the the speed of it is kind of slower paced. Yeah, doesn't bother think, me one bit. I think as, as fans of individual actors, you know, mm. we need to just tell ourselves they may not be in this a lot. Yeah. Whoever, what it doesn't matter who the actor is, what role mm. they're playing. If it's a, it's a smaller role, a smaller part that shouldn't really matter that much because right. at the end of the day, this is a solid film. Yeah. Yeah. That's, kind of, that's really kind of it for me as far as very solid about. film. And, and it was a remarkable film and so remarkable, in fact, that uh, we're getting a part two and we've alluded to that heavily. Uh, DJ, why don't you read us the official announcement sure. that Legendary Pictures gave us uh, today as we're recording yeah. about a potential part two? As you said, as of today, October 26, uh, 2021, the Dune sequel has been greenlit by Warner Brothers with a tentative release of October 2023. Um, that is via, uh, the legacy pictures, Twitter account, um, and a subsequent article. I think I read from deadline, if I'm remembering either deadline variety, Hollywood reporter, one of those, (laughs) I saw it first on deadline, but all the major, all the major ones are reporting it. I saw a variety article, you know, after we finished our previous episode of Geekverse, and I got on Twitter and I was like, Oh, there's that, you know? Mm So, um, but anyway, they released that on Twitter and they said this, this is the, this is only the beginning using that Zendaya line from the end of the first part. Thank you to those who've experienced uh, Dune so far and those who are going in the days and weeks ahead to also view it. And they said, we're excited to continue the journey. Now I want to say this because I did not know this. I had to Google it. And if you go back about five ish minutes, you may see a shocked look on my face as Kayla was talking about something. Because I decided, okay, how many Dune novels are there? Mm-hmm. I Googled it. There yeah. are six Dune books. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that until today. I didn't yeah. even know that Dune was going to get a, had a, even the potential for a part two until I started the movie yesterday when it says Dune, part, part one. one. Yeah. Which means I now have to retract the thing I said earlier when we started this recording saying, um, I don't, I, I don't, I hope there's not just, I hope there's only two movies. I now am thinking, well, hold up. If they're picking one book into two movies, this has the potential to now become 12 movies. Sure. Like, and I'm just, you know, that throwing that out there, but there's no way this is going to be 12 movies. No, no. <laughs> like, it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It's not go to the movie 12 times to see it good. Okay? Right, right. Now, all that to say, that's a lot of story. And that's a lot of material to adapt. Mm-hmm. So for me, looking at this sequel, knowing that there's that much potential for what could come, holy cow. I, I don't even know really where to begin with what I'm looking forward to in a sequel. Yeah. I couldn't even begin to put my finger on that. 
Well, for me personally, what I look forward to the most is simply, I think now that the world building was done so well and the pace was slower for this part one, be, to focus on that world building and to focus on character growth of Paul, I think now with part two and, and potentially a part three, if that's a thing, now there's more room to play. Now we can really get actioned heavy since we've set up this world. That's what I'm looking forward to the most is yeah. to, and also something that we already alluded to is I can't wait to see the emperor that it was teased heavily in this first one, just like they did on, um, uh, in star Wars, something that we love. They tease heavily the emperor and, and we yes. eventually get him, And it's awesome. I think the same thing. I think they're doing the same thing with, with Dune. Yeah. And I think that's, you're right. You know, I, I keep saying, I don't know what to expect or what to even look forward to. I'm just going to have to steal your thoughts and say, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the emperor, mm -hmm. um, which is so weird to say out of the context of star Wars. Uh -huh. Like I've never, I've never said, I want to see the emperor <laughs> outside of star Wars, because even then I can only think of only one of the movie that would use the word emperor and that's gladiator. And yeah. I would be like, I don't want to see more of walking. <laughs> that's what I would say. I would say, give me Maximus. That's what I would say. Right. So saying, I want to see the emperor. I'm like, for the first time in my life, not saying, show me Palpatine. I'm saying, give me this faceless leader of this galaxy who clearly orchestrated whatever the heck's going on in Dune, which, yeah. okay, there's another Star Wars connection. Yes, there is. There's Heck a lot. It. George there, Lucas. There's a lot. George, uh, we may what be, you doing, uh, buddy? <laughs> like, I know, like, I've said this, I think, on here before. Mandalorian is something pulled from Tolkien. Right. So I'm actually now at this point realizing how much is being pulled into Star Wars. And it's kind of 100%. It's kind of I'm not sure if I'm happy about that. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, those are our Dune thoughts as we kind of just, you know, we didn't really even have like a lot of notes. That was just a natural flow of a conversation of, of our thoughts on Dune and, like and the, spoiler like things that we remembered. And I can't like wait to that, watch it again. Like that walk thing they do. You know, in the desert. Oh, yeah, walk. yeah, dude. That's how we flowed. We you know what that away. needs to be? Somebody needs to make that into like a TikTok dance, and I'll finally do a TikTok dance video. I will make fun <laughs> of you. <laughs> I don't blame you. I won't ever do that. I'm sorry. I, that was a joke. That take was a back, lie. Back, that back. was a lie. Walk Retract back. that statement. Retract. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you tell us what you think of Dune. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed this special episode. Um, of a spoiler review we we enjoyed the movie so much that we felt it was necessary to do it, it give it its own episode and we're honestly thinking that we're going to keep this format going like when eternals drops uh when no way home drops all these big time movies yeah. i think we're going to do special episodes of just spoiler reviews of that film just to a keep it categorized and to b avoid sharing spoilers on another episode where you don't want to hear spoilers but hopefully you enjoyed uh this episode and tell us what you thought of dune uh we would i would love and i know dj would love to talk about yes. this film with other people it's a film that as many people as possible need to go and enjoy so go and enjoy it whether that be in theater or hbo max i don't care at this point because we're getting a part two so mission was accomplished that's all i've got to say i appreciate everybody listening subscribe if you're new uh check us out on youtube 
Apple, Spotify, Google, I don't know, wherever you listen to podcasts and wherever you watch your videos, I'm sure you'll find us somehow. Just type in Mando Talk, Eat First Reactions, type in Rebel Scum Texan, type in Caleb Keller, whatever you got to do. Do whatever you got to do to find us, and uh, we appreciate it. DJ, I'll pass it to you to get us out of here. Thank you again for listening <laughs> and watching. Uh, I ended know. there on like a mid-sentence. My bad. I was like, <laughs> okay. I anyway. got enunciated to where I had more to say, but I didn't really have more to say. <laughs> I mean, we're all guilty of that from time to time, are we not? Hey, I mean, it's only it's, the beginning. It's only the beginning. <laughs> and with that being said, we will see you on a rackus.